Hello and welcome to What Memory, the podcast for survivors of stroke and brain injury. I'm Stephen Masters and I'm here with Josh Reed. We've both had strokes. We want to share our experiences, find out how other people live with brain injury and investigate what's new in brain injury research. This is episode 20, Anniversary. It's been five years since Josh and I had our strokes. To celebrate our survival and recovery and the 20th episode of What Memory, we have a new, upbeat, sonic identity created by our amazing sound producer and composer, Jamie Rutherford. He's also updated our graphics using artificial intelligence, which wasn't around in 2018. A lot can change in five years. move on and get to a point where you'd never ever talk about the fact that you've had a stroke do you think you'd ever do that i mean i don't think i would choose to ever do that i feel like i could i feel like now i'm getting to the point where i could basically turn my back on the fact that i had a stroke people might be like a bit like oh why, why is he done that yes. and not fully understand but from my understanding and, you know, from the rest of the people of the world who, unless I specifically tell them, they don't think anything's wrong with me, I feel that I could choose to oh, not okay. think about my stroke. So you could let go of it. Yes. I'm I, not, I don't think I could quite do that yet. Yes. I think it's so but, closely tied with my life. But I wouldn't want to because it is in, in, it's now an ingrained part of me and it makes me yes. who I am. And oh, as much like, as that, as much as that, you think is a defining feature of oh, your yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I probably would yeah as well. I, think. I mean, I feel like I could could ignore it and I could carry on absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I want to you know help people who've been who are in similar situations and are going to be in similar situations. Yes, and another five this episode. Um, yes, of the podcast. So you know it's. If you can help anyone, then yeah. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So five takeaways then for the last five years. What have you learned that you would have never thought of learning ever before, <laughs> um, but are kind of stroke defined? What do you yes. think are the, the, the five things that you would possibly Ooh, take? I mean... There's there's definitely a lot of choice, so you know. <laughs> yeah, isn't it just okay? Yes. Uh, Let, let's narrow it down to five. Well, yes, yes. Um, one for each year. So I would say that my probably my number one thing was that having been flailing around early, very early on, and to some ex- certain extent a little bit now, but much much less. The fact that I didn't really know what was going on and didn't really understand and comprehend the how changed I was. Oh, right, yeah. And the fact that I wanted so badly to go back to the person I was. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, like how I didn't realise how different I was and everyone was around me was going... Who is this person? <laughs> yes. And, you know, that takes a lot of time and to sort of realise that, okay, you're never going to be the same, but you can get some 
almost of that element of you, the person who is you, back yes, as well. Yes, there is an essential you, but it takes a long time yeah. to realise that person is still there. Oh, because, yeah. um, yes, on the edges, you were flailing. Yeah, I was as well, just mm. flailing around trying to think, who is this person and what's going on? And that went on for a long time. Yes, and also accepting that you have difficulties with things. So, like, I, I would just ex- be, like, act as if I was the way I was or I thought I was acting the way I would have done before the stroke. But I definitely wasn't. And it wasn't, <laughs> yes. it was that sort of disconnect between your belief in your head and the reality. And it yes. was sort of, it got, clo- it's, it's got much and much closer in every sort of, every day, every year, it was getting closer and closer to the person who you were and the reality of what situation you're in now. Getting back to the essential you. Yes. But never quite getting there because you've got to. You've got change to your goals and yes, change, absolutely. adapt My to golly. who you are. Yes. Um, you once said to me that you, your, your, you could always know who your friends were. Yes. Because it all changed after the stroke, and I was just yeah. kind of—I've always been rather intrigued by why you said that. Well, so I feel that a lot of difficulties and strife sort of makes you realise who your true friends are. And I think this is for any situation um, at all, not just stroke and brain damage. It's like any situation you are, if you have you have a life-changing event, you realise who your friends are. And it might not right. be the people that you immediately think of. Because a lot of friends, however lovely, however are fair-weather friends, right, is what I right, call right, them. Yes. Because... I know that in my time of struggle, that a few people stepped up who, one, I honestly couldn't believe that he did, but he did. And he'll, he'll know who he is. Okay. Um, and I think, looking back, I'm like, how has that person been able to do that for me? Um, but, yeah, I will be forever grateful that he stepped up and did what needed to be done. Really. Wow, 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 wow. So that's yeah. a very intriguing concept because, I mean, you're much younger than me, so yeah. that friendship group looking at, look as we, you all as a group look ahead in your life, you yeah. would not expect one of you to kind of change it but through a stroke, would yeah. you? I mean, I, I, at the age of no. 28, whatever it was, yeah. I would never have thought, oh, one of my friends could really get seriously ill at any moment now. It would never occur to me that would no. happen, especially a stroke. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. Like, a lot of my friends, like, I mean, I love all of my friends. They are great. But some did step back, and I understand that completely because yes. they didn't want to step on my toes, bother me, bother family and friends um and so they they decided what was best for me was for me for them to step back okay but the fact that this person came out well not of the blue but you know sort of did step him put himself in the firing line and be like right i am going to be here for you whatever you need yes um i think is was both shocking, but also, yeah, it made you realise how 
how many how different people can be in certain circumstances yes. and i think you as you get older you realize that and you find that out but obviously for me it was a bit of a stark reality check because <laughs> yeah but it, it happened very quickly very out of the blue and yeah so it made it's made an impact that's for sure both of us right. were sort of told um when we had our strokes that it would be six months and that was it oh the six months rule yeah yeah that was that was the the whole that i was told and both you were told and me yeah and i wasn't really back from hospital very early i was four or five months and i was terrified that i was not going to you only had a couple of months months left yeah yeah and um i subsequently realized so there was change alteration which is always happening uh to the nhs guidelines saying that oh okay well it takes about two years to fully get back to, to well not to get back to where you were but like you have two years of really improving yes and then it tails off it doesn't go completely noticeable improving yes Yes. but luckily i i think think and found and have found even after five years that you know even if you don't feel like you're personally improving and the people you are around don't see improvements all the time you meet someone who you haven't seen for six months and they really do notice a massive difference this is very true yeah i went to see some friends who i haven't seen for at least six months and uh, the first thing they said well you've improved yeah and And i I hadn't really noticed it in myself but when they said it i thought yeah actually they're right yeah it's 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 crazy it's good it's and i think you do need that you need people to who have not seen every step or every little bit of your recovery and yes. what you're doing to recover for them to be like wow okay he is massively improved even 5 years on um and i think it really is a positive thing because you go oh wow yeah you, you you contemplate you look back and be like oh, actually yeah well i really am it have improved yes, yes even if it's just uh one particular thing like you have improved so it's always happening it's it's going to continue happening um and not to be discouraged when you don't feel like you're improving because you actually probably are it just might not be to yes. the level that you want to improve you do want those first two years to continue happening and unfortunately they don't but you sort of accept that and you do improve even when you don't notice so the general the general rule is i think i found in in the last five years is you never stop improving and you probably never will no but you have to be conscious of it yes in a way that you can carry on doing that never never think you're well i've come to the end of it now yeah. You know, this is the end of my stroke. I can sign off on it now because it doesn't actually work like <laughs> no, that, does it? definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, it's very much a work in progress. Like, you definitely do need a sense of purpose. You need a reason to carry on going, I think. And, you know, for a long time, that was, well, for the first sort of couple of months, it was getting back from home. Uh, getting back from the hospital to home yes that was my utter goal in life was to get home 
when you got there, you get home and you're like, what now? What now? That what was a now? big question. Yeah, and God. luckily for me, I was like, right, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm going to try and get physically better, as, as, as good as I can be. And because of my stroke, um, because of my uh, transplant, I could actually breathe for the first time. I could exercise for the first time and not with a two-week in hospital illness yes. basically lose all the progress I'd done. So I was like, well, if I carry on exercising, I will improve. And if I have a day off, I won't <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't de-improve. <laughs> I don't know. Uh Get worse. Disimprove, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Basically, get worse. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind so, of it. And that was something that I had to mentally get my head around. And there's still sort of a thing that I go, no, it's okay. You can take a day off. You can take a couple a week off because you've got a bit of an injury or anything like that. But for me, it's like a massive deal. But, um, yeah, you do sort of get better. And you have to find that motivating thing. So, you know, for the longest yes. time, it was the gym for me. I was like, right, okay, get to the gym, get back to the gym. Um, yes, I. it's really good for mental health as well. So it's so good. I, I think it saved me very early on. Um, but also the fact that I can see improvements, I can see sort of muscles improve. And you're yes. sort of like, in a way, you're kind of like, well, actually, because for me, my stroke was so sort of mental in so many ways, you can't see the improvements, but you no. can see the physical improvements very it's quickly. To get to them, you have to have, oh, I can't think of the right word, but it's kind of that sense of purpose, that kind yes, of... that motivation. Motivation in there with a kind of, kind of, I wouldn't say a target, but it's a kind of almost a visualisation of, of what, where you want yes. to be. And if you don't have it, for, I think for me... I needed something to aim for. Yes. And, that's, and, and without that, I don't think I, I would have... Because it, it kind of acted like a lightning rod. Yes. So everything sort of veered towards that. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure how people who don't have that... Well, that's the thing. It's work. like the podcast for me has just been brilliant. Like, you know, talking about it obviously helps. But yes. having a goal where I'm like, okay, we're going to... This month we're going to yes, put the yeah, podcast yeah. out. Let's think of what we're going to do. Let's the progress and the work that goes into this because it's not easy. No, no, <laughs> it's, it has a lot of. We make it look easy. Can oh, I yes. just say that? <laughs> um, but it's very, it's very difficult and it's very complicated. But you know, and it's got easier. Like the fact that it's I has, have noticed visibly that it has got easier. It's like okay, we've got an idea. Bang, let's do it bang and then suddenly it's like right let's talk let's do the podcast itself rather yes. than a lot of fiddling around and playing around with it and well, let's just put it out actually when i get, when i look back I mean, the two things that strike me about it was one your voice oh, has yes. improved <laughs> so incredibly yes. um but all the faffing around making the podcast i would say it feels like there's about half the amount of effort yes 
And mentally, it's yeah, yeah. The other half used to be. We used to do so much faffing around. I can't yeah. even believe we did all that. We used to do hours, hours and, and hours. hours of podcast, and suddenly, and then we'd edit it down to about an hour, and half of it would be deleted because it was all waffle and pointless stuff. So waffle yes. and incomprehensible, <laughs> even to us. But yes. here and again, I mean, it sounded all right when we said it. Oh yes, but um, when you played it back, you yes. think. What on earth are we doing? So, yeah, so I, I do think you need a goal, you do need a motivation, you do need a name. And and that's the thing, it's like I am looking forward now. Um, I'm looking to the future. I'm looking not just a day ahead as I was with before my transplant, but I was looking, I'm looking a year, two years, three years, oh, like right, five okay. years, like ahead. Like I, you know, I'm wanting to get a place on my own because I'm still at home, which unfortunately, because of my circumstances, I've had to be. It's not been feasible for me to be on my own. No. Um right. and now I actually have the ability to get move on and yeah become sort of similar to a normal normal guy <laughs> so basically self-reliant yes thinking um, about thinking ahead yes exactly. because thinking ahead but well, I, I remember well i still do it i mean i can probably barely think ahead by more than about if i'm lucky two weeks yeah and then the, and the second week is a very hazy area. <laughs> it's like I've managed I've managed to stretch it out to yes. a week now. Even with planners and diaries mm. and everything like that, I can't get my head around it. But there was a time when just thinking the next twenty four hours was yeah. was a stretch for me. Yeah, I presume that was for you as well. The, the, yeah, we're just living day, day by day. Well, yes, that's the thing. Like so, with my uh, cystic fibrosis, I only ever thought day day by day because I was like well I might not be here tomorrow so I'm just gonna enjoy right. the day as is and if I'm having a good day brilliant I can do stuff if I'm having a bad day go to hospital spend two weeks there but you know so I was always just living in the moment and which is great like you know a lot of people don't live in the moment and I think it really affects them um but now I'm able to be like right okay I can think about both the the day-to-day but also be like oh okay in a month we have this planned oh in end of august we've got a holiday booked so you know wow okay yes it's uh just really nice to feel like okay i've got plans and yes things like, that. like the rest of the world like, has. Yes, yes exactly like other people do so, yeah so no it's it's really good that i've got these plans for the future which I would never have had before. One of the, the takeaways that you had for over the five years was yeah. um, anger at the universe, that kind of... Yes. Out, just yes. like, why did this ever happen to me bits? When, when did you get over that? Or do you still have that as a kind of afterburn of the Big Bang? You've still got that kind of seething resentment This should happen to... Um, you or don't you have that? I luckily I don't have that now. Um, I feel like I did. Well, I definitely did for like, the <laughs> early years, um, and yes, but I feel like I've sort of blown through that. Like you, you let a explosion happen to sort of like try and let it out rather than 
get it bigger and bigger and bigger. So I definitely feel like, yes, I had lots of anger because I was frustrated. I was upset. I was like, how can this happen to me? How, when I've been through so much already, can oh, yeah, this be yeah. allowed to happen? Like, this is... Who's responsible for this? Yes. yes. And rip them to shreds. <laughs> um, and for a long time and also I guess it was the frustration like not you know feeling like your brain is whole but other people not understanding you or you not making full sense but in your head you are you're clear you're 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 making a lot of sense but to the rest of the world you're not yeah and it's that sort of frustration and that just lets it build and build and build um and yeah and I think that a lot of it happened early on but I think a lot of it was headway allowed me to vent and be around people who'd also had that and also I accepted it as well I started to accept that okay this was my new lot in life right and if you're not going to make the most of it what was the point of the new lungs that you were given what was the point of okay everything if you are just going to be angry all the time because it's exhausting it's oh, exhausting God, yeah. being angry and i feel that you know as that pressure lessened and i started to be able to do things that i could do before it got less it i don't think it for now, nowadays, it, it's it's. I don't feel angry at all. I feel happy that I'm still alive to tell right. my story, okay, to good. see and do pretty much everything I want. Not everything, but, you know, a good amount. You've got a good chance of leading a good life. Yes, exactly. It, yes. And, and I didn't see that before. I never yeah, saw yeah, I that early on. Because I was just so furious with the universe. I can imagine. And I had to, and, you know, it was accepting and it was hard and it was, but I did, I got there. And and that's the thing, it's just, you do, it just takes time and people listen to you. And that I think that's the thing that, you know, you, there's that old adage that you hurt the people you love the most. Yeah. And it's true. And so, you know, I found talking to a psychologist who was a blank slate, I could say well, any awful thing that I wanted <laughs> and they would just listen to me. And that's sort of what you need is just someone to Thanks. not be judgmental, yeah. but just listen. And a lot of that pressure goes away when that happens. Yeah. And then you feel like comfortable saying, oh, okay, well, I, I can feel like I can talk to it in a socially acceptable way with family yeah, with yes. friends with people who i care about and try to make them understand what i was going through and it feels like that and it's it's every so often it's just good like i'm just like right yeah i just i want to tell you this thing because it's it's playing on my mind and i don't want to just become anger and frustration and blowing up again so i will i want to tell you now before it gets to that point Distraction was the, one of the key aspects of my life. 
Yeah. And I think this probably was for you as well. And it still is. Like, I'm very much aware that I am still distracted. <laughs> Not necessarily in a bad way, but I've, for example, I've got 10 things that I've got to do today, let's say. And I go, right, I do, I probably do one or two of them, and that's fine. But then I go, oh, I need to do the third. And then I'm like, get halfway through the third, and I do like, oh, whilst I'm here, I'll do the fourth and fifth. Fatal, fatal. Uh, <laughs> and then suddenly I go, oh, I'm at the eighth. And I'm like, God, I didn't finish the fourth one yet. Oh, um, let's just go back and do that. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, I have no idea where I am. And so the funny, the, you know, this is was really made obvious to me that I was doing this with probably without realising it <laughs> was when my me and my girlfriend were cooking and she was like, oh, could you just do this for me? Could I don't know, chop the garlic or something like that. And I said, oh, yes, brilliant. I will in a minute. However, I've just got this, this and this to do. Uh, I'll be one second. <laughs> and then suddenly I had something else to do on top of that. And it was just and then when I got round to it again, she'd already gone, oh, I've done it already, because you were obviously not, obviously dis- not doing it. <laughs> and I was oh, like, not oh, doing I was, it. Okay, that's, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I was going to, but I just got distracted. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, I mean, I can laugh at it. And luckily my girlfriend's very understanding and she can laugh with me. But um, I can see that it might become an issue if I don't, get a grip on that <laughs> um but i think that will always be a bit of how i do it because doing one job makes me realize oh i need to do another job and i don't always have the ability to go well do finish this job and then do the next job oh, i always yes. want to do it everything now and because that's what i used to do i used to be really good at it and now I haven't. I've only done eighty percent of the job that I intended to do. I think I'm even worse. I mean, I, I would do things like I go to brush my teeth because I think, right, I'm going to brush my teeth. <laughs> this is good first thing in the morning. Brush my teeth, and I, while I'm there, I'm just thinking, mm, oh, oh, yeah, we need to, um, oh, need to take the rubbish out in front of the bathroom. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do that. Yes, and then it's like, oh, I'll do that first anyway, and then I'll keep. Oh, we need some more plastic bags. Okay, I'll go and get the plastic bags. Oh, while I'm there, oh, well, I'll make a cup of coffee. Oh, no, I'll have, oh, while I'm here, I'll do, yeah, I'll do this. And then, and then I think, mm. okay, and then eventually, 20 tasks later, that I've just, you know, made yes. up on the spot, distracted, 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 yeah. I think, um, oh, while I'm in the bathroom, I'll clean my teeth. And you go, oh, wasn't that the first thing? Well, wasn't that the... But I probably won't even realise that that was the first thing yeah. I was going to do. And my, um, the way my mind works is that there's this... I'd like to think it's very target-oriented, but it's not. Yeah. It's kind of distraction-oriented. So I can take away from five years that being completely directionless, it was was part of it. So for me, one of the worst aspects of it was that I was a very social person. Um, and by the nature of it strokes take recovery struggle with communicating with more than one person at a time very early on but still there um and losing the social 
hub and life that you have. And oh boy, yeah. Luckily, like I was able to sort of see friends, uh, and so I, I didn't feel as isolated as I could have gone yes. uh, or could have been. And but because by the nature of it, having to focus so much on yourself and looking in uh being introspective so much meant that you really did not lose friends but sort of like push them aside yes. to the point where you're yes. they're still there and they're peripheral but you got to focus on yourself to try and rethink who you are and realize who you are again um so you know luckily like now i'm much more socially aware um and I am able to message people I haven't spoken to. I'm able, so my friend, one of my good friends, he's moved to Australia last year and we every so often message. And, right, yeah. and there's all these things. I know that other people have their separate lives. You know, they could be divorced. They could be, uh, they could get married. You know, there's lots of things going on which you aren't necessarily a part of because you have to focus on yourself, especially in the early years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm getting control of that now. I feel like I'm, if not, I'm not there fully, a hundred percent. Um, I'm definitely not, but I feel like I can got more of a grip on being more social. And I think that a big part of that is having lost work, going back, maybe part time, doing something where I am more sociable, where you yes, are yes, sort yes. of, you have that social aspect to your life. You know, having been a teacher and had like all the hustle and bustle and, yeah. you know, all the speed things that you have to do on the fly. That's and, very fast social interaction. Yes, exactly. And I, I miss that. Not as hectic, for sure. Yeah. I couldn't cope with that. But, you know, working part-time. But and, to go from that to zero. I feel like I'm now wanting that social interaction again and I've been craving it and I I, I didn't realise how much I was craving it until I did some volunteering and I realised oh, I really missed yes, this yeah. sort of hectic like oh yeah no can you do this can you do that no. so I, I missed that and it's it's like a a, a scrap uh, an itch you can't scratch if you're not doing it, I feel. I think it's um, probably an integral part of your recovery. Mm. It's the interaction between other, yourself and another person or groups of people that get those parts of the, your neurology up and running again. Oh, yes. In terms of yourself, we kind of, you want to get back to normal, but in terms of the way you would look at the whole stroke world that we now find ourselves in. Yeah. And no fault of our own, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> yes. But we're here. So of that experience and the people we've met, what would you hope will be achieved in, say, the next five years, just in the way recovery is kind of organised? So, I mean, that's a very broad topic and there could be lots and lots of things. Like I can think of many points, but... We're just going to sort of one. Um, I would say the ability to use technology as the friend of stroke and brain injury. I know a lot of work is going in, maybe in the background. There are elements that are still 
that are coming through yes. to actually the people who are recovering and needing strokes but are, and brain damage and ways to live with it. But I do think that they could do more. Um, I would hope they would do more. I'd hope that people would get more funding for this as it does affect thousands of people. God, yes. And that's just in the UK alone. And I just want it to be both taken seriously, which I don't think it's not taken seriously, but I think it's brushed under the carpet as a... Yes, a fad or a well, kind of... Uh, it's like a, oh, it's an over-80s issue, so, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. I think that... Technology over sixty fives, please. Over twenty eight. Over twenty eight. But like, it's. I just think it could be. Yes. It needs to be pushed. You know, I think a lot of work has been done on strokes and sort of having that fast uh, rule. But I think more can be done for brain yeah, damage oh, yes, in general, I, I think so, yeah. and should be done because I think. A lot of people don't realise how easily it could happen because there's no, there might be some signs, but they're very easily ignored Yes, as well. So, you know, it's, for me, it's slightly different. I had my stroke because of a transplant that didn't go quite right. But there were so many people like you, Stephen, who could have been, it could have been stopped if you know there should be a check or there should be a well you have a when you're 60 you have yes. like a double like a checkup uh where your all of your brain is look is looked at basically there should be something like yes. that i think but yes i think so a lot of the warning signs were there yeah. but of course i had no idea what they were and oh. being a typical plug and i went to them Doctor, it never occurred to me there was anything wrong, actually. Yeah. But, yes, it came as a, as a shock that my blood pressure was through the roof yeah. most of the time, and it came a shock to me that my cholesterol levels were way, way over. Yeah. Two simple checks could have intercepted that, possibly. Yes. Not guaranteed, no. but, um, yes, that should change. But because that should be at standard. And, and maybe, and maybe it's like checking your height yeah. I don't know. I, I've not got to that point. But I think it needs to be more readily available. God, it needs yeah. to be more thorough. And hopefully as things progress, it will become more thorough and they'll be able to detect way more things. But I just have a general sense that it's not taken as seriously as other forms of yes. injury and illness. What I'm most interested in is your, your idea that the, the technology of brain implants and Neuralinks and stuff like that is actually coming on very, very, very yes. quickly, but it doesn't seem to be translating into a mass kind of thing, yeah. to my mind, fast enough. Because yeah, no. I keep reading these things. They, you can, you know, people are p picking up things. People who couldn't move their arms. They put an implant in the brain, and now they're using their brain. They can work out what the activity is, yeah. and then get you to pick something up with what essentially is a dead arm, yeah. but it's been reinvigorated by the the new 
the techno link in your brain. Now, I know a lot of people think, oh, it's a bit dystopian future and they're going to hijack your brains and everything. But, but for people like us... It will be a godsend. Wow. And amazing. What I would hope for in the next five years is that the kind of collective wisdom of all the people, and I know it's a kind of contradiction in terms, but the collective knowledge and experience of so many people who have strokes and brain damage is somehow collated collated or collected by somebody in such a way that you could instantly, and I know we're talking about artificial intelligence and mm. stuff like that, but you could go through everything and look at all the brain scans, look at all the, the yeah. way people react and recover and think, well, this is the best way to do this. And I can't see this going to be that difficult because they seem to be collecting data here, Left, there right, and everywhere, yeah. but there seems to be no sort of central organisation which says... 150,000 yes. people a year have brain damage, or no, it's more than that, isn't it? It's 300,000. Just strokes is 150,000. But imagine that our input into that, both, you know, consciously, but also the background data, I just think if you used all of that, yes. we have all the technologies to do it. It's just, we need a, a collective, an impetus to do that. And, yes. But I also think that people who've got strokes and brain injuries themselves can start to affect their own change. I don't think it's we've got to wait for somebody else to do it to no. us. We've got to help them help us by yes. making a move towards them and saying, this is what we need. And yeah. by the way, we've got all this information you could use. It's almost like there, there has to be a kind of a platform in which all the information to do with strokes and brain injuries ends up, Yeah, um, which people who've had a part of yeah. they're not separate from it it's not a kind of walled garden for professionals yeah. we're all in it and we're all contributing at lightning speed and i just think it's like the covid reaction was yeah. if you galvanize people into action then a lot of things can happen very quickly yeah. um I can't, I can't help feeling in the back of my mind that that can happen here yeah it we just need someone to push it along Maybe that's us. Maybe that's Maybe what our mission is. for the next five years is to affect that change. We'd yes. be, we, 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 what's it? Be your own change? Yes. Isn't it? I don't know who said that. I don't know either. Oh, we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>